All right, great. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Lord's Love Church. Um, it's great to be with you guys this morning. Uh, for those of you who are new with us today, my name is Howard. I'm the youth intern here, and it is my joy to be sharing God's word with you this morning. I'll be sharing today and for next week as Pastor Doug is on vacation with his family, so uh, just keep that in mind and keep them in your prayers. Uh, we are continuing on our series on Romans, the letter to the Romans, and we are just almost halfway uh, of the book. Uh, there's still going to be many chapters later, but today we're talking about uh, being dead to our sins, uh, uh, being dead to our sins, being free from it, and being alive in Christ. And last week, Dr. Sean Ho talked about uh, peace and hope and how we need it because uh, from the beginning, from, uh, starting from Adam, he, there's sin in our lives because of what Adam has done and how he sinned against God and so affected the rest of humanity. And because of that, the result of that is death. And today we are talking about how, because of Jesus, that we are no longer um, being under the power of sin, but that we can be free from it. Uh, but before I start, I just want to pray really quickly, so if you guys can join me in prayer. Uh, dear God, we thank you for this morning. We thank you that we get to gather um, as a church to, to hear your word. And God, uh, pray for all of us right now, God, that... Um, we're here, Lord. This is your word. I just pray that your spirit will speak to us, Lord, uh, through your word, God. And so I pray that you bring us conviction, that yet you encourage us, uh, that we will be able to experience your love and, and your grace, God, because today is good news, very good news. And so, God, for those of us who are struggling in our faith and our sins, I pray that this message will be for them, God. So we pray that you bless this time, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So this week, earlier this week, I came across a video on YouTube uh, from this guy named Grant Cardone. I don't know too much about it. All I know is that he's a CEO and entrepreneur. And some of you guys may have heard of his name, or most of you guys have. He's a million, uh, millionaire. Like people, He's famous, and people want to work for him. And he has this TV show on YouTube that is an interview process where people want to work for him. And... And people, yeah, people are, um, would do stuff. And, but then the thing is, with this interview, it's not just asking you questions. He'll put you into different labor and tasks to see how you handle those, which totally is not part of the job or anything or anything related to the job. Just want to put you under stress to see how you handle it. It's kind of ridiculous, some of the stuff that they do. Uh, but it goes from, like, tasks from, like, uh, minor to major. But the whole time, his mentality that he was trying to to, I guess you can say, like, uh, teach to these people is the slogan or the mindset of whatever it takes. And some of you guys may have heard that, that I'll do whatever it takes to get this or do whatever it takes to do that or to complete my task. And the, the whole notion of this mindset is that you would do anything, even if it means that it's getting out of your comfort zone, if it's embarrassing, it's silly, or even if, it's, if it means being in, um, if it's dangerous, that you would do it in order to reach your goal. And that was what he's trying to promote. And so it's kind of funny, I mean kind of sad but funny at the same time, just the way they, they film the thing. Because if people fail the task or they're not good enough, he'll be like, you do not have whatever it takes. And then it assumes into dumb freezes, and then some people will be like crying. So you do not have whatever it takes. <laughs> um, so yeah, there's some of that. And it's crazy, some of the tasks, it goes from minor stuff to uh, like where you have to sell like an item while you're like in a bucket of ice, or you have to like, or go through a relay, inflate a boat, and then go into the water, and then touch them, and come back, and then sell the boat. Uh, or you have to, and one time he put, like, 
a garbage can. I think it's clean, okay? I'm pretty sure it's clean. But in the office, they dump a bunch of like pizza, chicken wing, like food. I'm like, man, it looks delicious. But I mean, in the garbage can, it is different. It changes the mindset. But just to see if people would be willing to eat it. And there's one that caught my attention that this guy won. Uh, he had a ponytail. And uh, before he got the job, uh, Cardone's request was, you need to cut that ponytail. He didn't want to. And the reason why is because his love loves it. And that's what attracted her in the first place. And she never wanted him to cut it. But at that time in the interview, he's like, yeah, the job's more important than my wife at this point. I'm like, ooh, someone's going to be sleeping on the couch. But yeah, that's what, it, but, but that's what it took. And even this girl out in the water, she couldn't swim. And so in the end, she got out to the water, like some big guy. Good thing this guy was like six foot nine, like an athlete, uh, um, a former athlete. And so he, he had to rescue her back, and she was just falling in tears. But this whole thing, why I'm describing this is that people have this mentality that whatever it takes, even if it's dangerous, I'll do it. And, and it just blows my mind how crazy it is. And then when I started thinking about the gospel, I'm like, I wonder if Jesus had this mentality in him in order for him to accomplish his mission. The fact that dying on the cross was what Jesus knew needed to be done and what it took for, in order to bring salvation to humanity, to bring salvation for all of us, to forgive us. That Jesus is willing. And if you guys remember Jesus in the, in the Garden of Gethsemane, that he even prayed to the Father. He was in distress. He was stressed out. And he was in anguish. And he's saying like, Father, if it's your will, like, please take this cup of suffering away from me. Not my will, but your will be done. But Jesus already knew that time too that it is the Father's will. And he committed to it because he knew that that is needed. And that's what it takes in order to bring salvation. That's what we're focusing on today. Guys, today is the good news because of what Jesus has done, that his commitment to the mission to forgive us, to bring salvation, that now we have freedom from sin, that we have freedom from the power of sin, that we're no longer controlled from sin, and that we can choose righteousness. So today's big idea is make your freedom count. Make your freedom count. We have freedom from our sins. Before Jesus came, we didn't have the freedom. Sin took control of our lives so that we would do things that would be against God. But because of Christ Jesus, now we are free from our sins. So make your freedom count. So we're going to go over this passage verse by verse. So the, big, so the first point is that we are free from the power of sin because we share in Jesus' victory. And we're going to go and read it. What shall, verse 1, then, sh what shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means, we, who, we are those who died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Right here, Paul is saying, okay, because, because in the previous chapter, he's saying that just as, because law brought so much sin, uh, and so it increases. But Paul is saying, yes, even though it increases, grace increases even more. So when you experience God's grace and your brokenness, that that grace is so much better. And so right here he's saying, well, then because of God's grace, should we keep on sinning? He's like, no, by no means. Like, no, you don't, don't keep on sinning on purpose. Why? Because we are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Sin right here is talking about the power of sin, where it controlled 
you and controls who you are and, and it controls, tempts you to do things that are out of, um, that disobeys God. And he's saying, how can we live in it any longer? Meaning that how can, if we die to it, how can we be under the power of sin? How can we be controlled by sin? We can't. And he goes to, on to verse 3. Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? So let's, let's look at it in a different way. Let's look at it in a different way. Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus, meaning that the water baptism, when we baptize right there, is a baptism is a proclamation that we have died to our sins and we are made alive in Christ again. It's a proclamation, a symbol to everyone what it looks like. And so when we're baptized into Christ Jesus, we're baptized into his death because just as Jesus took upon our sins onto the cross and paid that penalty and died, and he conquered death, he put um, sin to death, that at the same time, we also experience the same victory that we also put to death to our sins. And he goes on verse 4, we were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. So just as Jesus was raised from the dead, we may have new life because Jesus is alive. If Jesus wasn't alive, this is totally different. We will have no faith. But because of the resurrection that he is alive, that this means that we have faith in that this is the new life and we share in this victory. So even in our sins, we we can die to it because of Jesus. And just want to clarify right here that uh, Hello. Oh. Hello. Okay, messing with my heart. All right, good thing we have backup plan. Um, but right here, let's continue with baptism. So I just want to clarify right here that baptism does not, does not determine salvation. But Paul is talking about baptism right here because he's talking to the Christians already and just bring that type of imagery, that picture of what baptism um, about baptism, how that is like a proclamation because of that imagery right there that it shows that we die to our sins. And we're saying that we share in Jesus' victory because of that. So how is it exactly that we share in this victory? That being united with Jesus in death also means being united in him in resurrection. That because of what Jesus has done, there's this unity between us and Jesus. There's this relationship that we have with him. When we're united with him, we die to our, to our sins and we're made alive again, that we have eternal life. And he goes on to say, so Paul right here in verse 5 talks about the overall thing about death and, and uh, being alive in resurrection. And he's going to go into, uh, into verse 8 to talk deeply into resurrection. 
So verse 5, if we have been united with him in death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in resurrection like this. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with. That we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. You see, because we're united with Jesus, our old self, our sin has been crucified with him. It's been nailed to the cross. And Jesus carried all that. He bore all that onto him and he died. And because of that, that we are no longer being slaves to sin, that we're no longer being controlled by sin. In other words, if I can put it plainly, that we are no longer determined, that we're not defined by our mistakes, we're not defined by our sins, that even in our brokenness, even in our sins, when we go back to Jesus, that he will forgive us, and that is his grace in which we're going to look into later on. But we're no longer defined by our sins because we are free from the power and now, verse 8, and now with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. That because sin, because sin has no power over him and control Jesus, that he put it once for all. So death, he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. And that's the good news that we have is because of what Jesus did on that cross. That now whatever you are struggling with doesn't matter anymore. That when we come back to him, we're free again. So the question is, what happens to us after Jesus defeated sin and resurrection? And verse 8, verse 11 says that in the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive in God, to God in Christ Jesus. So the third point is, fight for righteousness over sin. What I mean by this is this, because of Jesus, that he conquers sin and death, and that because we're no longer under the power of sin, that means that there's something that we can do, something about our sins. Before, we didn't have the strength, we didn't have the power to do God's will because of our sins. We're being held by sin. But because of Christ and because of his power, that now we have, we're being empowered by him through the Spirit to fight against the sins. And so Paul is saying right here in verse 12. <laughs> in, ver, uh, in verse uh, 12. Do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of, right, of wickedness. So right here, Paul, the fact that Paul is saying, do not do this, do not do that, offer, uh, offer um, do not offer um, your sin to, uh, to do not offer any part of yourself to sin. Right here is, is suggesting that we have something that we can do something about it, and he's saying, okay, do not let sin reign. Do not let sin control yourself. Control you. Do not let any part of yourself uh, yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness. But rather, instead of doing that, rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from life from death to life, and offer every part to Him as an instrument of righteousness. Now we have an opportunity to choose the right conduct, to, be, to choose righteousness over sin because of Jesus. And verse 14, for sin shall no longer be your master because you are not under the law but under grace. Under the law, it just takes one screw up, one mess up, and, and 
and you're dying, you're consider- and it defines who you are. But now we're under grace because of Jesus. That even when we, when we have messed up, that we can go to Jesus and he will give us grace. And this grace is being free from the power of sin, but yet having this ability to fight against the temptations in our lives. And I want to read this one quote from one of the commentators. What we are to offer to God are your members as weapons of righteousness, the members that were once used as weapons in the service of sin and for unrighteous purpose are now to be used as weapons in God's service for righteous purpose. So it means to be the instrument, to, to offer yourself to God as a weapon to righteous purpose, to do something, to do good. Because we are not under the law, we are under grace. So the fourth point is this, the power of God frees us from sin so that we have the heart that long for righteousness. And so you guys can tell there's a lot of overlap because Paul also repeats himself many times in his letters. But yeah, again, the power of God frees us from sin. And because of that, now we actually have a new heart. And now this heart is not going to just long for, it's not just going to, it's not that with this new heart that we can long for righteousness, that we can long for holiness, to long for God. So in verse 15, it says, what then, shall we, what then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace? By no means. Don't you know that when you offer yourselves to someone as obedient slaves, you are slaves to, of, that, of the one you obey, whether you are slaves to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness. But thanks be to God that though you used to be slaves to sin, you have come to obey from the heart the pattern of teaching that has now claimed your allegiance. You have been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. So don't you know that when you offer yourself, you, is, so it's two things. Right here, what Paul is saying is just two things. Either you serve sin, which leads to death, or you, serve righteous, uh, or you, be, or you become obedient, which leads to righteousness. And right here he's saying that Either one, you're being, you're being controlled by that person. So what do you want to do? You have the freedom to choose what you want. Do you want to continue into your sin? Or do you want to choose Jesus and actually, and, and actually be able to choose to do right? To choose the righteous life. So right here is, but thanks be to God, verse 17, that though you used to be slaves to sin, you used to be controlled by the power of sin. You have now come to obey from your heart the pattern of teaching, meaning from the scripture that has now claimed your allegiance. And you have been set free and become slaves to righteousness. And in verse 19, Paul says, I am, I am using an example from everyday life because of your human limitations. Right here, Paul is talking about how he's, he doesn't, I don't think Paul right here wants to talk about the, the act of slavery, but just to give more of an image, because when you're a slave, you're obeying that one person that you are um, being uh, commanded from. So if it's sin, then you obey sin. If it's God, you obey God. And so using this type of language, like slaves to righteousness. So verse 19 again, just as you used to offer yourselves as slaves to impurity and to ever-increasing wickedness, so now offer yourselves as slaves to righteousness leading to holiness. When you were slaves to sin, you were free from the control of righteousness. Right here, it's like, you used to be 
you, you, you used to offer yourselves to sin, and now you're being led to holiness. And he asks in verse 21, what benefit did you reap at the time from the things you're now ashamed of? Those things lead to death. Okay, think about back then in your sin. What benefit did you have? What fruit did you obtain from, from choosing to sin, to choose to rebel against God? Nothing. It only leads to death. It only brings destruction. Nothing good comes out of it, but now you have been set free, but now you have an opportunity. You are free from your sin and have become slaves to God. The benefit you reap leads to holiness, sanctification, and the result is eternal life. And for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is uh, eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. The power of sin may be strong. It may be strong to us. And it may seem like it's impossible to get over your sins, and I've been there before. But it doesn't stand a chance against God because Jesus already claimed victory, guys. A couple of questions I want to ask you guys today is, which one are you? There are four things that, I, that came to my mind as I read this scripture. One is, are you continuing to allow certain sins, are you continuing to sin on purpose, to allow certain th sins to get by and thinking that it's okay to sin? Because right here, in if, you remember, uh, if we go back to Romans 6, 1, it says, shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. So if you are continuing to sin, then this is where you need to come into repentance to come to God because it's bringing more destruction to your life. So if that's you, I encourage you guys to go to God. B, second one, are you the person who's dealing with their sin right now on your own strength? Third one, are you the one that is doubting that you can overcome the sin in your life? And the, these are the questions I'm asking because these are the, one, the things that I've gone through that, yeah, even myself, I felt like I've never... I'm never going to be able to overcome some of the battles in my life, but God has been able to help me. That His Spirit continues to speak to me through His words and through prayer, and He brought friends into my life. So yeah, I, I've been there before where I feel like I can never get out of the sins, certain sins in my life, or the brokenness that I experienced in my life. And I've been so down before, and I told you guys a few times before, that it took me a while to get into ministry because I doubted God's grace. I doubted God's love. And that's why I tried, I, I stepped, I, I was in it, but I wasn't doing 100%. I wasn't pursuing for like a full-time position for ministry. I just wanted to put my foot in for a bit and serve. But yeah, like because of sins, that like it, it, it kind of took control over me. So it took a lot of prayer from friends to help me understand and remind myself of the gospel, of the good news. And though we are sinful, that it doesn't define who we are because Jesus already put to death the sins in our lives. And that we're made alive in him again. So three persons. The fourth one is, if you have encounters, if you have encountered God's love and grace, and you have felt freedom from him, May I encourage you guys to help those in the church or anyone else who are struggling in their faith to, to walk alongside with them. This is what being a, uh, a church is all about. 
It's not just coming to church to receive, but also to give, to also encourage other people in their faith as well. So if you're the fourth person, if you already encountered God's love, if you have experienced freedom, help other people, walk alongside with them, that they may also experience God's grace, experience God's love, experience his forgiveness. So I believe that some of us in here really need to hear this, guys, today in this word. That, like, you know what? Like, yeah, we, we mess up so many times. But our past doesn't define us. And that freedom right now is the ability to choose good, to choose the right thing. So whatever you're dealing with, surrender to God. Remember, we're free from our sin. We, we have new life. So take this opportunity, guys that we once never had, but because of Jesus, now we have an opportunity to choose righteousness. So make your freedom count. Make your freedom count, guys. Let's pray.